0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. If you're brand new to Oceans Church, welcome everybody. Uh, If you're watching online, again, huge welcome. We uh, started a series last week called Turn the World. Uh, Our belief here at Oceans Church is that we're not going to huddle and cuddle in the fetal position, praying to be raptured. Praying for, the, praying for Jesus to get us out of the big, bad earth because we're getting bullied by hell and the devil. Uh, we believe in a God that actually fills his church with power. We believe the greatest leaders, the greatest innovators, creators, CEOs, actors, producers, directors, filmmakers, movie makers, music makers. I don't know. Educators. We believe they come out of the house of God. We believe the greatest revival that earth has ever seen is not going to be in the beginning but at the end. Jesus isn't returning for a church that's weaker than the one that he left. And so we're we're talking about this because this is the accusation of the early Christians. These jokers are turning the world upside down. These uneducated, non-Harvard, non-seminary graduates from Galilee, these cussing sailors from the middle of the fishing territory providence, these, these jokers have I've claimed to see a Jesus that got out of the grave, that showed himself to 500 for 40 days, and they went around not as intellectuals but as eyewitnesses. And somehow, 120, which is crazy to me, there was 500 that saw him, after he got out of the grave. But only 120 of them made it to the upper room. So 380 witnessed the resurrection of Jesus. And did nothing with what they saw. I would say that today there's people that know that Jesus is real. Believe that he is powerful. Have been healed by him. Touched by him. Saved by him. But still do not obey his voice. Still happens today. But what we know is. Are you still with me today? Is that, uh, that 120 Against about four and a half million people. Somehow over 32 years go from the corner backwoods of Palestine to standing in front of Caesar in Rome. Not because they had a brilliant strategy, but because they had a brilliant spirit of God. And it was the Holy Spirit that built his church. And somehow 120 versus 30,000, one to 30,000 shake the world. And here's what the non-believing world said. These are the guys, these are the girls that turn the world upside down. We didn't come here to start a little community church that would bless a few people. We came here because we believe that revival will hit the world starting in California. We believe it was happening in Southern California specifically. We believe that God could do what he did in Redding, California, in Sydney, Australia. Certainly he could do something pretty spectacular. And come on, South Orange County. The greatest minds, the greatest innovators, the greatest thinkers, the greatest inventors, they live here. And if God changes them, he changes the world. Can I get an amen? And so I'm fired up. I, I, I want to let you know that we are not just, we're not here to just maintain, tread water. Please save us, Jesus, from the devil. The Bible I read says Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. We're not here, not an arm wrestling competition, Sylvester Stallone, come on, over the top, Turning the hat. Come on, 80s kids, where you at? Trying to come on. Oh, I'm trying to get traction on hell. We serve a God that's victorious. And in the church world, there's two schools of thought. There's, there's epistle gospel preachers that emphasize everything out of the book of Romans and the writings of Paul. It's all focused on the cross and being saved. And then there's gospel preachers that preach the gospel of the gospels, that Jesus came healing the sick, doing signs, doing wonders as an announcement that his kingdom isn't coming. It's here. A lot of times we preach the kingdom of God and we think heaven. Are you following me? One day we'll go to heaven and we'll all have like diapers and giant safety pins from in and out. A harp. Are you with me today? That's not heaven, ladies and gentlemen. That is hell. Okay. Okay. The kingdom of heaven is not going to heaven. The kingdom of God is when heaven invades earth. It's both. We honor the writings of Paul. It's inspired. It's plenary verbal, even to the selection of words. But we also believe that if you only believe in getting saved and going to heaven, we would be killing people after they respond in church. We'd say you no longer have an assignment. You're saved. You believe in the cross. You're going to heaven. You no longer have a purpose on the earth. You are sucking air because there's something you can do the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years that you will never again get to do in eternity. Turn the world. And so if you have your Bible, I'm sorry I'm fired up for your service still. Two coffees deep. I stayed up till 420 last night. And there was no marijuana involved. Can I get an amen? <laughs> if you got your Bible, come on, stay with me. Highly caffeinated right now and full of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter x chapter 8 if you're there say i'm there and uh, if you're brand new to our church uh i want to just let you know i'm excited that you're here um this might be a little louder than you're used to a little bit more energetic than you're used to and a little bit more responsive than you're used to i would say don't don't write us off because we're not maybe as as, is uh maybe liturgical maybe we're not as quiet or introspective as other churches you've been to I believe that when you experience the power and reality of Jesus, it'll turn an introvert into someone that's celebrating. If the news is good enough, it'll move your heart. And uh, today I got good news to share with you. If you're up for some good news, say amen. amen. And uh, if you're brand new today, I'm going to open up the Bible. I'm going to read uh, 16 verses out of the book of Acts chapter 8. I'm going to read about a guy named Philip. Say it with me, Philip. I like Philip. He's one of my favorite guys in the New Testament. He's kind of a B-list celebrity. He's not Paul. He's not Peter. He didn't really write anything substantial. But what we know about this guy is he shows up four times in the book of Acts. The first time is in Acts chapter 6 when Paul and the guys, or Peter and the guys are like, hey, we're forgetting to feed people at our food bank. We need some deacons to help feed people. So they select seven men. The most notable is Stephen. He's the one that got stoned, not with marijuana. Come on, somebody. Come on, I'm in California. i got to clarify some stuff today. He got stoned to death. He was consented to a death. was a guy named Saul of Tarsus, Acts chapter 8, in the very beginning, first four verses. And watch what happens. It says this, that uh, the early church, this guy Philip, he starts off as a deacon, and he turns into this evangelist. What is an evangelist? It's someone that boldly declares that Jesus got out of the grave and that his kingdom is here now. That's an evangelist. So he starts boldly declaring, so what happens is, we're going to start reading this, but watch what, just if I could summarize, Acts, Jesus made a promise, wait in Jerusalem, the last words of Jesus were not go, it was wait. And after you wait in the upper room, you're going to be filled with power. When you get power, you're going to hit the streets. When you hit the streets, people are going to start responding to the message. They're going to get filled with the spirit, they're going to start going after God, they're going to daily break bread, Chick-fil-A, come on, In-N-Out Burger, but not on Sundays. And it says this, they continue daily, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 3, there's a guy that's lame, could not walk from his mother's womb. Peter and John go, look, I don't have any money. I don't have big rims on my Escalade. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He gets healed. The religious elite of that day in Acts chapter 4 said, you can't do that. You can't can't pray in that name. You can't preach in that name. You can't sing in that name. He's like, yes, we can. We sing all the time. We preach all the time. Even when Fauci says we can't, we preach all the time. Yeah, we preach all the time. We, we sing all the time, especially when we're worshiping. And they said, no, you can't do that. They're like, no, no, listen, here's what it comes down to. Whenever the government asks us to do anything that's contrary to dishonoring God, we're going with God. Yeah, yeah, if, if you're asking me to do something that dishonors God, Peter says, it's better that I should listen to God than I should listen to you. You judge on that. For we can't help but to speak the things that we have seen, and the things that we have heard. That's Acts chapter 4:20. <laughs> Stay with me. Acts chapter 5. Someone lies. We got all this stuff going on. Acts chapter 6. All this revivals breaking out. And check, watch me now. It says this: that Philip, 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 Philip. See me, Philip. Acts 6, Philip gets selected to distribute food. And now in Acts chapter 8, persecution breaks out. The church goes from 3,000 to 5,000. People are selling properties. They're buying spaces to meet in. And it says this in verse 8, chapter 1, that a time of great persecution arose against the California, just the church, which was at Jerusalem. It says they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And it goes on in verse 4. This is where we pick up reading today. And therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere and everywhere preaching the word. What did they do? They're preaching the word, right? And Philip, say with me, Philip. He went down where? To the city of? He didn't go to the backwoods of some small community. He went into the heart of the city of Samaria. And he preached Christ to the city of Samaria. And the multitudes with one accord, some might think, some scholars say it was one civic, I first think it was an accord. <laughs> Stay with me. I'm just keeping your attention today. In one accord, he did the things spoken by Philip. Hearing and seeing. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. I want to talk to you today on the subject matter show and tell. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many, not some, but who were possessed with this evil, this darkness. And many who were paralyzed, many who were lame, were healed. Many. Say with me again. Many. And there was great joy in that city. We had a blowout prayer time on Thursday. I want to invite you Tuesdays and Thursdays. We are running out of room. But you should come. 10 a.m. We prayed on Thursday that joy would break out. And I was praying this week, and I just heard the Lord, even last night, He just said, Mark, tell my people what happens before joy breaks out. What happened in Samaria before joy broke out? Let's keep reading here. And it says, but there was a certain man called Simon. He previously practiced sorcery. This guy's in the dark stuff. In the city, he astonished many people in Samaria, claiming to be someone great. He was buying followers on Instagram. Come on, we know that guy. <laughs> to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This is a great man of God. This is the power of God. And to him they heeded, and he astonished them with sorceries, witchcraft, for a long time. But when they believed, Philip as is preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God. Jesus has invaded. It says this, that both men and women were baptized. So they believed, they were baptized, and Simon the sorcerer himself also believed. And he was baptized, and he kept hanging out with Philip. He was amazed, seeing the miracles and the signs that were done. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard the Samaria and received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they came down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Rewind. Did they believe? Were they baptized? Was there more? I believe the day some of you don't believe, and this is the day you believe. And some of you today, you believe, but you've never been baptized. And Today's the day you get baptized. We had a bunch of people for the first time in the history of our church. We did baptism after first service, and there was a gang of people that got baptized. Some believe they got baptized. Some were baptized, but never filled with the spirit, with the evidence of speaking in a heavenly language. It goes on, it says, all right, so they sent Peter and John, he prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon any of the believers and baptized people. They'd only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then he laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Simon the sorcerer saw this through the laying on the hands of the apostles that, that they received the Holy Spirit, and he offered them some money. Hey, give me that power also that I can lay, some, lay my hands on people that they might receive the Holy Spirit Peter's like, no, 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 your money perished with you because you thought the gift of God could be purchased with money. And this is what's crazy. You could believe you could be baptized and still have a dark heart. And I love this. That's so important here that, that there's something that happened at the spirit's baptism that changed, changed everything for, uh, for this guy, uh, Simon, he wanted the power not for, not for good reasons, but for bad reasons, um, I heard it said that many people think they want to be a matador only to find themselves in the ring with a 2000 pound bull bearing down on them. And they discovered what they really wanted was to wear fancy clothes and to hear the roar of the crowd. And I believe that's what Simon, he thought he wanted the power to use God for his power. But what we know about history is the Holy spirit has never been used by men that men have been used by the Holy spirit. So I want to talk to you today, that's a long introduction, I apologize, but I want to talk to you today about showing and telling. How did Christianity from, you know, 2,000 years ago with 120 people now, over 3 billion humans on the earth, almost one-third of our, our or two-thirds of our, our or one-third, maybe (laughs) one-fourth, I catch a niner in there, were you calling from a walkie-talkie? I don't know, I, uh. A large percentage of the earth's population, that's what I was trying to say, believe in Jesus. How did that happen? I believe it wasn't because of good talk- tellers. I believe it was because of good showers. Lord, we love you. We honor you. I pray for the next 30 minutes that you'd have your way in these tents. I pray those that don't believe, you'd show them how real and how good you are and how worthy you are of their belief. I pray for those that have believed but have never been baptized, let today be the day they go, you know what? I'm getting baptized. And I pray for those that believe, that have been baptized, that have never received the gift from your Holy Spirit. Let this be the day that they receive a, a fresh encounter, Holy Spirit, with the evidence of a prayer language. We love you so much. I thank you that we're not going to be scared of anything that Jesus wasn't scared of. Have your way today at Ocean's Church. Bless this place in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen. Everybody said. Amen. Now, growing up in school, uh, you might not guess it, but I used to love talking in front of the class. My favorite subject was the once-a-year time of year that we did show-and-tell. I look forward to show-and-tell. I didn't just look forward for for me personally. I just love seeing all my friends have a moment to be braggadocious. You have my friends that play drums, and uh, can we just give it up for parents for a minute for bringing all that stuff to school? When you're a kid, you don't think about it, but kids bring the weirdest stuff on show-and-tell days at school. I had friends bringing kitty cats to school, bringing animals, lizards, snakes, iguanas. There would be lawsuits today. We had kids that brought their instruments, do a little flute solo. Joel Faust was powerful. He's one of the the great, great talents of Nampa, Idaho. But you had all these different gifted uh, people that got up, used their skills, used their instrument, tell a story. I, I remember my favorite show and tell... I grew up in the high desert, which is, uh, if you don't know where it says, about two hours from here, it's kind of the armpit of the state of California. And I grew up in Palmdale, Lancaster, home of Afro Man and Paul George. Can I get an amen? And uh, I grew up, and I remember uh, coming home from school one day, and I was on my bicycle. My brother was with me, and a rattlesnake, uh, it actually struck, and it hit my back tire, almost got me. And uh, my brother John was like Croc Hunter. He's like, crikey. <laughs> Not, he didn't say crikey, but he was like that. He's like Steve Irwin. He's not scared of snakes, and so I'm like, John, that thing almost bit me, so he actually ended up killing this rattlesnake, and he took its head off, he brought it home, he cleaned it up, and he put it in a Costco mayonnaise jar. Show and tell material, come on, somebody. I went to school the next day with this decapitated rattlesnake. I just set it in the mayonnaise container right there, and I was like, man, I can tell this crowd whatever I want right now. I just want up everybody else they're bringing in Fluffy the Kitty, and he just played his flute. I'm like, there's a rattlesnake. <laughs> I love showing. T- I love the idea of, of telling something yes. that you knew or showing something that you were good at. Yeah. I repeat, telling something that you knew or showing something that you were good at. I, I believe that uh, that Christianity turned the world upside down, not because people just found out they knew something. But what they knew actually affected the way that they did something, the way that they lived life. this guy Phillips, one of my favorite characters because he wasn 't one of the original twelve he wasn 't an original apostle. this guy that 's what I love, and many people today they don 't believe in miracles anymore because they say that miracles ended in the apostolic age, that when Peter and these guys died, so did the power of God. The problem is is the book of Acts is littered with people that weren 't apostles. That still did great miracles. Our guy Philip's one of the, the poster children of this. This guy serves tables. Now he's in Samaria. Where is he at? Samaria. Couple of things you got to know about Samaria: persecution broke out, everybody scatters, and Philip of all places, he chose Samaria. Yeah. What we know about Samaria was is Jews did not like Samaritans. There was a racial rift that would that would push anybody's hair back in today's culture it it existed for literally hundreds of years dated all the way back to the 8th century that when the northern kingdom which capital city was Samaria was actually invaded by the Assyrians the Assyrians uh, drove some people out they moved some people in and what happened was is the Jews there started intermarrying with the Assyrians two centuries later the same thing happened in the southern kingdom where Jerusalem was the capital city and what happened in the southern kingdom was was, is that when they went into exile from the Babylonians, they didn't intermarry or have children amongst Jews and Babylonians. So when things start going back to normal and they get reinstated in the fifth century and Ezra and Nehemiah begin to rebuild the walls of of Jerusalem, the Samaritans go, we want to help you rebuild. And the Jews said, no, you can't because you're not pure bloods. You've compromised. You're no longer like us. And so it started a rift in that part of the world that still exists to this day. And so the Samaritans were not liked by Jews. Jews didn't like Samaritans. That's why Jesus blew people's minds in John 4 when he starts talking to a Samaritan at a well, a Samaritan woman. Even more scandalous. At a well. And that's why Luke, by the way, Luke wrote the book of Acts. Luke, Luke, the book of Luke is his first book. The book of Acts is his second book. Luke actually was a doctor by trade. He was compassionate by nature. And how do you know? Because Luke made the Samaritans, oftentimes, the good guys. Talked about how a Samaritan woman was a preacher of Jesus Christ. Her whole city got saved because of her testimony, John 4. She was married five times, was with number six. She's from Orange County, come on. This, yeah, shots fired. <laughs> God used her. God used her. God used her. What happened? Uh, How about about this? How about Luke 10, that he tells a story about a, a good Samaritan? Wait, 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 wait. No, Jews don't deal with Samaritans. They hate each other. Luke's like, no, no, no. Jesus said a story about a good Samaritan. That's scandalous. How about another scandalous story? Luke 10, when Jesus heals 10 lepers, and only one comes back to say thank you, and Jesus goes, wait, the only one that said thank you was a Samaritan. So over and over again, Jesus keeps making Samaritans good guys. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, this is where it gets scandalous. He says, hey, I'm going to leave. I'm going to float into the sky like Chris Angel. Guess what? Wait in Jerusalem until you receive power. And verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Judea and Samaria. What? Samaria? We don't like those people. They don't look like us. They don't, they don't, they're not, they're not like us. And Jesus has a way of turning the world upside down. That's why I love Philip. Philip didn't go to somewhere that everybody would have been cool with him preaching. He goes to Samaria. He takes the spirit of Jesus and he goes to the place that Jesus said someone was going to go one day. And when he goes there with power, he starts preaching boldly. Miracles break out. People start getting free and people start getting healed. In... Samaria, scandalous. Philip is, this guy is, this guy's out of control. When he finishes in Samaria, he goes to Gaza, which is the gateway to Africa, and he meets an Ethiopian eunuch. Fast forward 24 verses in Acts chapter 8. He talks to this guy that's citing Isaiah 53, and he preaches Jesus to him. This guy gets baptized. Scholars say he's the first Christian that was believing that was water baptized in the continent of Africa. Ladies and gentlemen, the first non-Jew to believe and be water baptized was a black guy from Africa. Philip, your boy at the scene of the crime again. And right when you think he cannot offend religious people any further, we read about him in Acts chapter 21 verse 8, and it says that he has four daughters, and all of them prophesied. Whoa, whoa. Women in ministry. I read First Timothy chapter 2. There's three verses in there that we built our creeds and our doctrines on for generations. But you've ignored the body of work. So let's do a little, let's do a little female study of God using ladies. Jesus has the greatest news to ever hit the earth. He had 12 guys that he pastored for three and a half years. And the first person he shows himself to when he comes out of the grave, it's not one of his guys. Actually, before he said anything, an angel came first. So God would send an angel and then Jesus himself would appear to a former demon-possessed woman by the name of Mary Magdalene. Who was the first preacher of the resurrected Jesus? A female who was demon-possessed named Mary Magdalene. First female preacher. One-time thing. Okay, Luke chapter 10. Mary's in the house. Mary, Martha's sister. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha's ticked off. Everyone thinks in our culture, well, she should have been in the kitchen making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That wasn't why Martha was ticked. Martha was ticked off that she was sitting at the feet of a rabbi. Only students could do that. So Jesus was insinuating, a woman can sit at my feet and learn what I learn to teach what I teach. That was scandalous. Scandalous. Well, that was just, okay, Romans 16. There's a a lady named uh, Phoebe. I I think about friends, like Phoebe, Phoebe, yeah, yeah, Phoebe. There's a Phoebe in Romans 16. You know who Phoebe was? She was the messenger of the book of Romans. Paul writes a letter, most important letter maybe that Rome has ever received. Rome is under fire. Caesar is furious that there's a new king named Jesus. He's trying to squash any faith in Jesus Christ. And it's crazy. It's like it's dangerous to have letters of this nature. And Paul sends the letter by Phoebe, a female apostle. Yeah. He sends her to Rome. What's he tell her to do? You don't know this, but in the, in the ancient world, whoever would deliver a letter would often read it and then answer questions about it. Guess who the first preacher of the book of Romans was in Rome? A female named Phoebe before she was on Friends, Come on, somebody. This is what's crazy to me is we take so many verses out of context well, I took one. I, it says, you could prove anything if you take a verse out of, out, out of, out of context. You could, you could say that David had a motorcycle. Because it says that David rode his triumph in the gates. He triumphed in his gates. He didn't ride a motorcycle. That was out of context. And whenever you take a verse out of its context, you're left with cons. I love Philip. Philip came in, did three things audaciously. He preached to those that no one would preach to, and then he preached to someone that would influence queens that everybody wished they could preach to. And what I learned is if you don't preach to those that have nothing, God won't let you preach to those that have something. you got to be those that love those that are down and out and those that are up and out. Can I get an amen? That's what he does. And then his daughters end up in ministry. Scandalous. I love this story. Philip turned the world upside down, and I just think it's so important to note this because it says there was great persecution, but in the face of great persecution, we don't find a church hiding. We don't find a church watching, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean, but staying home for years at a time. It's crazy that, th- that in, in the ancient world, uh, what made Christianity different than all world religions is that when plagues broke out, This is the biggest reason why Christianity spread in the early ancient world is that when the plague broke out and some of the great uh, genocides of humanity through religious or through illnesses, the rich would leave first, the powerful leave next. Everybody would vacate that part that was sick and the only ones that would stay were Christians. Those Christians would help those that were sick and some of them would die with the people they were helping. And when the sickness and the, and the famine and the pestilence left and all the rich and powerful moved back into the city, guess what they would say? They'd say, why did you Christians stay when you weren't related to any of these people? Why would you risk your lives? And they would start preaching from that place a fearless gospel that says, Jesus died for me, I'm willing to die for him. I appreciate the 10% hand clap. We're going to be bold at Ocean's Church. I believe that we're going to be a church that shows and tells. I'm telling you today that we serve a God that still heals. Well, I heard they don't anymore. I heard that miracles ended in the apostolic age. Well, here's a problem with that theory is uh, if they ended with the, uh, the apostles, first of all, there was people that weren't apostles that did miracles. So here's the first problem with the apostolic age argument is there's no biblical backing for it. Second argument why miracles ended in the early uh, first centuries is people say, we don't need miracles and power anymore because there's no longer a need to validate the gospel. Power only belonged to the earliest uh, leaders of the church and the cutoff date was the time of the completion of Canon. Usually people recognize that to be the council of Carthage in 397 AD. So some of these people that believe the power left the church, they say in 397, when the Bible was canonized, we no longer needed power to validate our message. Problem is, there's no verses that back that up. And the next one is people say, well, man, miracles stopped because they faded when leaders in the church began to oppose miracles. I would say that's accurate. I believe if you went to a church that said, God can't use women, God can't heal people, God can't still fill people with the Spirit, there is no such thing as spiritual gifts, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, visions, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, signs, wonders, miracles, discerning of spirits. Listen, those preachers have gotten what they believe for. So those churches have seen a recession of God's power in those churches, But as far as we know, looking at scripture and looking at at church history, the miracles and the power of God have never stopped. And with the problem with this, this world we live in right now that's trying to deconstruct everything is we have glorified the church's wrongs and we have ignored the church's rights. But throughout history, God has always had a remnant that declared there was a God that got out of the grave. That Mark 16, that you will lay hands on the sick, they will recover. You'll cast out devils, freely you receive, freely you shall give. Go do likewise. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on, if you're gonna clap, you've got a good hand clap today. Thank you, Jesus. So why do you know? I know this. I know that, that people that are show and tell Christians aren't scared to use their voice to tell people Jesus is real. Well, I'm a Christian, but none of my friends know it. Then you're not a Christian. There's no secret agent Christians. Christians. It's like a female version of a Christians. I believe this, that, that Christianity is not yours until you go public with it. I'm not there yet. I'm still under construction. I'm not perfect yet, man. I'm still giving God more and more in my heart. But I want you to know that he's real. He saved me. He redeemed me. Like Mel sang today, I'm not there yet, man, but he's brought me really far. I'm not who I was 12 months ago, three months ago. I'm under construction, man, but Jesus is leading me. He's real. He has power. He's making me more like him. And I believe today that you that you... One of the greatest things you can do every time you're with Jesus is give him more of your heart. Yeah. Parts of your life that you screw up aren't the parts that he's in control of. Right. They're the parts that you haven't surrendered to him yet. Right. I believe that maturity is connected to surrender. Yeah. And the more spiritual maturity you get, it requires a higher level of surrender. Yeah. Some of you have been saved for 30 years and you're at the same place you were 30 years ago because you, you gave God 10% back then and you've given him nothing since. You got ninety percent of your life; he's got ten percent of your life. You're probably going to heaven, but you're not going to see much of heaven in your life, because surrender is required to mature. One scholar said, "The problem with America today is not in our what we know; it's what we don't do. We know more than we..." And uh, this is important, but he he preached boldly. I believe it's going to be a season of showing and telling, and I'll get ready to land the plane here today is I believe God's calling us to go, you know what, I've tasted first personally that God is real, that he is good, he is powerful. There's verses I still don't fully understand. There's things about God I don't fully have my my mind wrapped around. And all of you intellectuals in here that you think you can figure God out, I'd like to just let you know you won't. Because eternity isn't long enough to figure God out. We have eternity, and the Bible says we will never figure God fully out. Especially right now in your 80, 90-year window, with your little eight-pound brain. I'm going to figure God out. No, you're not, Jethro. He's too big. But you can believe him. You can trust him. And you can proclaim him. I believe. I, I felt like the Lord just said, Mark, tell my church. We're going to be a show-and-tell church by being bold, by sharing, and by going. Let me say it again. We're going to be bold, we're going to share, and we're going to go. I repeat, we're going we're gonna to be bold, we're going to share, and we're going to go. Well, Mark, I've never seen God heal anybody. Have you prayed for someone that's sick? No. Well, here's the problem. God goes with those that go. God does with those that do. And you can be in your think tank all day long, speak Hebrew and not know him, speak Greek and not know God. And I'm not against, I'm not against learning, but I am against not practicing what you learn. You believe that God's good? Tell somebody. And but while you're at it, when you tell someone that he's real, come on, say, preach. Share your story. Well, I don't know the Bible yet. You know what God did in your life. I would argue that some of the most powerful and effective testimonies are the ones from people that don't know the Bible yet, that are still incorporating cuss words into what God did Sunday. People listen to those people. Man, that was beep, beep, beep. It was awesome. They got like beep. I was like beep. Okay, I got to take a shower, but man, that was awesome. But what's crazy is a lost world's like, dude, if that lady, if that guy is saying it's real, maybe I should check it out. We gotta tell somebody. Come on, say tell somebody. Tap your neighbor, say tell somebody. I believe Philip changed Samaria because he told somebody. Not only did he change the city, joy came because someone was bold enough to share and to go. Well, my Mark, my life is a mess. What if I did more damage than good? Then I I would just say this. I think today's a good day to say, God, would you clean my life up a little bit so I can tell a message that people will listen to? Yeah. The good news is you only take one moment to get right with God. You can spend 65 years making all the wrong choices and change your entire life by saying, God, would you please forgive me for the last 65 years? If I've tarnished your name, if I've made the church look bad, if I've thrown rocks at leaders, if I've been if I've been obnoxious, if I've been a, if I've been a tool, forgive me. I want to turn to you today. You know it's crazy. God can eradicate sixty-five years of stupidity, one moment. Set your feet on the right path. I believe that bold preaching is what starts it, and after we start living bold, start showing, telling. I believe that bold sharing and telling. And going leads to miracles. I repeat leads to miracles. It says that many people got healed. And these are the miracles that it says that they saw. First set of miracles, number three, people got free from demonic bondages. Now the problem with most Christians in America today, we don't even acknowledge demonic stuff. Like, I, I don't have a demon, I have a disorder. Yeah, in Africa there's demons, in America there's disorders. I'm not saying there's not medical, clinical illness, but I am saying there is a spiritual realm that you're just as dumb to ignore. Not everything's a demon, but not everything's a disorder. Well, I'm just schizophrenic and anorexic and bulimic and hypochondriac, and I'm just this, and you got more titles. Why would you go by names that devalue your worth? Yeah. That's not. I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying anxiety is not real. I'm just saying anxiety is not gonna be my title. I'm a child of God. By the way, if you're not Jewish, you're an adopted child of God, which is wild because what's cool about adoption? I've never met anybody that adopted a kid that did not handpick them. Why is that so cool? We're all adopted. God hand-selected you. I want you, Greg. To be in my family, I like the way you look. I like the way you act. I, I like the call that's on your life. I adopt you. Problem is, many people they they defend their dysfunction. Well, I'm just an angry. I'm just a belligerent. I'm just to tell it how it is. I'm just to speak first, think later. I'll just I'll, I'll hack people up and then I'll apologize later. I'm just that's just who I am. Why would you justify? Well, I'm going to get revenge on that guy. He was an idiot to me. Why would you want to go to the level of someone that hurts you that's broken? You're not trying to be like you. You're trying to be like Jesus. The process is called sanctification. So we preach boldly. Miracles break out because people start getting free from the demonic. How do you get free from the demonic? Well, I believe the first thing you do to get free from the demonic is realize there is a demonic realm. And maybe it's not you, maybe it's an evil spirit. Maybe you're so at peace right now in this moment and you go home today and you start getting belligerent, you start getting angry or fearful or lustful or perverted or whatever it is. And you realize this might not be me, it could be a spirit attacking me. So we don't have to get spooky, right? We don't get all weird, we wear like black clothes, little white label up top here. We don't do that. What we do is we just pray for each other. We go, okay, Lord, any spirit right now in Him, That's not the Holy Spirit. We command it to leave in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, I don't feel as anxious anymore. Yeah, it's because God gave us authority to kick that stuff out. Just like you have authority to kick people that drop trash in your front yard, you have authority in your house to go, hey, that's not mine. Pick it up. Take it out. Someone's dog leaves an offering in your yard. You go, hey, that's not my dog. That's not my... You, you, hey, hey, you, you, that's you. And I believe that's what God gives us authority to do with darkness. In Jesus' name, I rebuke any spirit in this tent that's not the Holy Spirit. Freedom, liberty, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty, in Jesus' name. So what is the miracles of God? What is the power of God? Well, he preached boldly, there was miracles of freedom. People got free from addictions, darkness, devices, devices, and devices, tablets, remote controls, it was a full-blown revival service. Fourthly, write this down, I'll finish this up, Because it says that there was a revival, and miracles came out, bold preaching, bold going, bold sharing, miracles of freedom, and it says miracles of healings, and it doesn't say some, it says many. Many that were paralyzed, many that were lame, we had a lady get out of a wheelchair, at our first conference two weekends ago. And I believe that's the first fruit of more miracles, mightier miracles. And I'm even praying today. And there's someone here named Edgar. Where's Edgar at? See, here somewhere. where's Edgar at. Right here, Edgar. I'm praying in Jesus' name. Stretch your hands towards Edgar. I believe, God, in the power of Jesus Christ. You said that we'd lay hands on the sick and they would recover. So right now, come on, Kyle, lay your hands on. I pray in Jesus Christ's name. I pray that you would do what doctors can't do. I pray that you would do, Lord, what vaccines can't do. I pray, Lord, you would do what surgeries could not do. I pray that you would heal. You would restore. You would revive. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that Edgar would rise up and that he would walk in Jesus' name. I pray that he wouldn't die next year. I pray that he would live. I pray that he would see his children's children in Jesus' name. If you could add years to Hezekiah, I pray that you would add years to Edgar. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that this time next week, doctors would confirm that a miracle has taken place in his body that is documented by medicine, documented by doctors, and that would be a testimony for your church. Come on, if you believe you can do it, give him a hand clap and a shout. Heal. 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 If you have a need of a healing, physical, some of you it's mental. You've lost feeling. You have such dark habits. You've lost feeling in your soul. You have a a desensitized conscience. Things that used to upset you don't upset you anymore. You've gone numb. And God says, I'm going to remove that paralysis today. I'm going to give you feeling back. Physical healing and even mental and spiritual healing, stand to your feet stand to your feet right now I, I believe there's a anointing a presence of the Holy Spirit here to heal well I, I'm nervous stand up anyways I'd rather be nervous and get healed than stay in your seat and be comfortable stand up I, I feel faith today in these tents yeah I feel faith today in these tents I pray in Jesus Christ's name that you would destroy the works of the devil I don't believe all sickness is hell. I don't believe all disease is from the the devil, but I do believe we live in a fallen world. But either way, I believe the kingdom of Jesus has the power to bring heaven to earth. N.T. Wright calls heaven the control room of earth. And I pray right now that Holy Spirit, you would come and you would heal. Someone standing up next to you, go ahead and stand with them. Come on, stand with them. Stand with them. Put a shoulder. Put a hand on their shoulder. We're a church that believes that God still liberates. Put your hands up if you need healing. Put your hands up. If you have an addiction, you want God to break off today. Lift your hands. There is power to get free, and there is power to get healed. I repeat, there is power to get free from bondage, and there is an authority from heaven to get healed. Hands up all over. If someone's hands up next you, find somebody. Come on, hands on their shoulders. Say, come on, pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Come on, host the church. Pray it like you mean it. In Jesus' name. We release the Spirit of God to heal, to deliver, to set free, to to transform, and to liberate. We pray the joy of the Lord would be their strength. Heal, cure, solve. Right now. Yeah, you see it right now. That's power right now. Some of you that never believed, you're going to believe. Some of you that believe but never been baptized, this is the day you get baptized. And some of you that have been baptized but never filled with the Spirit, today is the day to receive your prayer language. Come on, all over the room right now. Come on, just yeah, right now say, receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And just declare amen if you believe that prayer is happening right now. Amen. Come on, face me. Face me real fast. We're almost finished. I got to do this. We'll get you, get you out of here today. If you're here, eyes closed, heads bowed. You do not believe in Jesus, or you did believe, but you have not been living your life for God and with him. Today, you would say, Mark, I want to get right with Jesus. I want to invite God back into my life. Are you perfect? No. But are you hungry for God to come in? Yes. Do you want this year to be about Jesus and no longer about you? Yes. Then here's your your on-ramp. I want to believe again, or I want to believe that he is my God for the first time eyes closed, heads bowed, there was seven or eight last service, many more this service. I'd give you three seconds to raise your hand, but the Holy Spirit summons in you right now. Just lift your hands. I'm going to believe today. One, I'm going to give you three seconds. Hands going up. I need to rededicate my life. Two, I want you to raise it real high. You're not embarrassed. You're not shy. You're in good company. Three, real high. I'm getting right with God today. One, two, real high. Real high. Three, four, real high. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, real high. Ten. 11, 12, 13, real high. 14, 15, real high. 16, 17. Yeah, yeah. 18. Anybody else? 19. Yeah. Yeah, Garrett, lay your hand on that guy behind you, Garrett. I just pray for you, sir. I pray right now that God would heal you. I pray right now from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. You said, Jesus, in Mark 16, that we would lay hands on the sick, and they would recover. So I pray right now, sir, whatever's going on, if something's been attacking uh, even your uh, immune system, I pray in Jesus Christ's name that, God, you would heal this guy from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. I pray, Lord, you'd restore even things that were lost in his relationship. I don't know if you were married or you are married, but I just see the Lord even today restoring what the locust has devoured. I believe that God is going to restore something this week in your family, something even with like a daughter or a niece. I see a young lady that God is bringing back into your life, and God's going to do it, and He's going to get all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, fill His presence. Yeah. Listen, I believe. Those are, how many That count? 19? 19? How many of there's two more people in here that didn't raise their hand. Two more. I didn't raise my hand, I was supposed to. Two more, eyes closed, eyes closed, heads bowed, no one's looking. There's two more. I didn't raise my hand, but I was supposed to. I need to believe today. I need to get back to God today. I'm running and I'm tired of running. Today's the day to believe. I'll do it in 30 years. God doesn't promise 30 years, but He does promise salvation today. If that's you, I want to give my life to God. I didn't, but I was supposed to. Real high, at least two more. Probably four more. One, I'll give you three seconds. Two. Raise it right now. Don't miss the second chance. Three. Real high. Real high. There's there's one. There's one. There's two. Anybody else? Awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Here we go. I want everybody to pray where those 21 people say, Jesus, I invite you today into my life. I surrender to you. Be the God, leader, CEO, and an author of my life. Forgive me, heal me, fill me. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, say amen. Online, write heart right now if you want to get right with God. Heart, H-E-A-R-T. Give me a hand clap if you think it's a good decision today to get right online. Every week, half a dozen, a dozen people get saved. right right now, heart right now. Even if you're not watching live. Listen, I'm almost done. I going to get you out of here. I got 37 seconds left. Listen. Last thing we do today, you say, Mark, I believe, but I've never been baptized, or to be honest with you, I got baptized when I was like a kid. I don't remember it. It didn't mean anything to me, but I realized today that I want to identify in the death, in the burial, in the resurrection of Jesus. If you want to get baptized or re-baptized, we have clothes for you. We have a towel for you. And guess what? Today, the heater is actually working on the hot tub. It's actually hot. You want to get baptized today? Today's that we had a bunch of people get baptized. If you want to get baptized, look at your neighbors say you want to get baptized? Ask if you want to get baptized. Raise your hand right now. You want to get baptized today. It's not your Kinsonetta, there's one. Come on. It's not your sweet 16. We'll video it for your family. There's two, real high, real high, three, real high. Awesome. Four. Awesome. Alright. We have chance. If you want to get baptized, you can be dismissed right now. Tammy is uh, the wife of Bruce the Baptist. They're going to dunk you today. If you need clothes, need a change, go with Tammy right now. Just follow Tammy. Give me a hand clap one more time. You can grab a seat as you're sitting down. And uh, la- last thing, actually, last thing I want to do this as we close, I want to give an opportunity for those of you that never received the Holy Spirit, never received your prayer language, Let's do this right now. We're, we're, we're a very honest church. Last week about a third of our church raised their hands, and I would say about 80% based upon who I talked to got their prayer language. Some were refilled. And So today you say, Mark, would you pray for me that, that today, tonight, and this week, I would get filled or I'd get refilled with the Holy Spirit? Would you just lift your hand real high? If you're honest today, I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want more of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Someone's hand's up next to you. Just put your hand on their shoulder real quick. I know we're sitting down. Sorry. Put your hand. I pray, Lord, this week, I pray for Vache. Yeah, I pray for I pray for Stephen. Yeah, I pray for David. I pray around this room, God, that this will be a week that you would fill people with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If your hand's up right now, would we'll you just pray this prayer? Just say, Holy Spirit, I invite you into my life. Fill me. I receive you. Thank you for my prayer language. I receive it now. I receive it this week in Jesus' name. Listen, some of you are going to get a syllable, a sound, a sentence. Just speak it out. Your spirit prays. If you want to know more about it, watch last week's message. But I believe this is going to be a season that Ocean's Church is going to see the book of Acts revive Orange County. And we're going to be a part, not the only church, but we're going to be one of the churches that sees God turn things right side up. Who wants to turn the world? Anybody else want to turn the world? Come on, give God one more big hand clap today, Oceans Church. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.